Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. Today we're going to actually talk about Paul's favorite game of all time. Paul, what is your favorite game of all time? Is it The Neverhood? Because we're talking about The Neverhood. So, Paul, tell us about the Neverhood. <laughs> all right, I'm starting to get the feeling I'll be carrying a lot of this weight. That's all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, the Neverhood is is the most um, magical game ever because I studied the said so. It's it's <laughs> just a really cool, refreshing, awesome, different take on on a game. It's a game made from three and a half tons of clay. Um, done in, in claymation or, or more appropriate stop motion animation. Um, it was DreamWorks' first game. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the game itself was backed by Bill Gates and Steven Spielberg and you know, kind of like the uh, Illuminati of entertainment. <laughs> uh, I'll head the hands in on it. I think it is actually appropriate to say claymation, though, isn't it? Like the, everything is clay, right? Like there is, I don't think there's anything that isn't made out of clay in this entire. You know, game. The, uh, the puppets, um, or at least at least Clayman is made ironically, despite his his name is made from uh, foam rubber latex. Oh, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> Which uh, my uh, I might as well get out of the way now for listeners. My, my brother uh, is is a professional stop motion animator. Um, worked on lots and lots of different things. Um, probably most notably was um, uh, Christ. Why can't I? I, I mean, a shit brother. Uh, Robot <laughs> Chicken. Um, all the, we won an Emmy for the Star Wars episode, and, and he's real successful. And, and anyway, Neverhood was was very influential to him, and uh, growing up, and therefore me, because he's you know my older brother, and you know wanted to be cool like him or whatever. So um, I know maybe a little too much about stop motion, or if it seems like I just have an odd amount of knowledge behind it, uh, that's why going forward. But yeah, uh, foam latex is pretty much what they all use nowadays because uh, it doesn't leave fingerprints when you're moving it, and uh, all the lamps uh, for lighting and things like that tend to melt the clay uh, right. or soften it. So they usually use like a foam rubber latex with a armature little metal skeleton or whatever inside of it. So yeah, uh, but the set and everything—that's the the whole three and a half tons of clay—is is true. The whole set was was coated in in clay and. Uh, yeah, it's just a really ambitious project to say the least, and I think I think they nailed it. Um, I think the only thing they did wrong uh, was out of their hands in releasing it in 1996, uh, or having the idea too late, maybe uh, because adventure games were pretty much at their on their last breath at that point. So I don't think the game was a commercial success that that it could have been just a few years prior. Right. Well, from what I understand, he actually had the idea. Uh, for quite a while. I, I think he first had the idea of it back in the 80s, but obviously I'm sure they didn't really have the tech for it. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe it could foreseeably have been um, a couple years earlier if given the opportunity, but I think there were just some creative differences with the company he was with at the time, and therefore he left to start his own. Uh, that probably slowed things down a little bit, so maybe it is a little bit unfortunate that it didn't get... Um, a year or two sooner, but at the same time, I mean, he did get Steven Spielberg and Bill Gates behind it. So 
yeah. He, <laughs> I, I think maybe those extra couple of we, uh, years really helped out yeah. the, in the final product, if not financially. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Doug Tenapulikrita and his team definitely got paid, um, <laughs> and and they they did go on to make uh, the Skull Monkeys, which are a different. It was not an adventure game um, for a console. And, and yeah, so they, they had a, a pretty decent career. And, and honestly, I guess my statement's a bit daft because it, it's really pretty heavily reliant on the CD-ROM uh, storage space, this game. Um, mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of really amazing uh, like cutaways, um, uh, things like that, that are all done in uh, like FMV, um, which is yeah, it's kind of weird. I looking back on the game in prep for this episode, uh, which was minimal. I, I kind of realized that because of how many cutscenes there are and, and the style they're done in, and just the aesthetic of the um, film, the quality, it, it looks very FMV like, and, and there's just so much of it in there. It's almost like like ten percent an FMV game. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. you don't actually you know play those scenes out like FMV, but there's there's a lot of FMV qualities for people out there that, that like that. Yeah. Funny that the uh, the video quality actually turned out so well. I guess one of the little trivia bits that I read about this when I was looking into the game to talk about it a little bit more is that they were actually only just consumer-grade video cameras that they used to record it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something you could probably only experience in the 90s where you might be looking at a more expensive camera and realizing that the way it's going to be compressed uh, or rendered or whatever isn't going to be financially sound to even buy a nicer camera if it's gonna get you know i mean it's gonna get compressed so much to fit in a game on a disc to ship what's the point yeah yeah. you know recording in hd to ship an sd kind of thing uh it's like a true 90s problem (laughs) 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 it's just a really fun game i thought the the coolest the best element of this game is the the animation in my opinion like beyond the the gameplay beyond anything else that the the comedy and the details like this game just like oozes labor of love every single animation oh, scene is, yeah. is so i don't want to say over the top because it, it delivers perfectly but just so much they didn't cut any corner you know like especially with stop motion they're, they're recording 15 frames a second so you know that's up to potentially 15 movements for every one second of film um, so 15 photographs for every one second, let's say. Um, so, so to, you know, it'd be a lot nicer if you could just move it three times out of the 15, but they never do that. Like every, every shot is, it has a really mm-hmm. cool, the, the characters movements are very like old school animation. They're kind of like rubbery movements, like bend mm-hmm. and snap. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, it reminded me a lot. Uh, I mean, I'll get to this in just a little bit, but the animation is just fantastic and like you said it probably only took like uh it probably only needed like i i guess you said probably 15 frames per second or something like that i mean the the maximum if they really went all that would be 24 i don't imagine they would do that so let's probably like 15 even still um for a game that you know there's really very little dialogue like very little until the very end so they rely a lot of the humor to be on um a lot of slapstick and randomness, which are two things I'm not really the biggest fan of, but I also don't think they're evil. Uh, but this game particularly pulled it off really well, which is really mind blowing to think of how much something like slapstick humor requires uh, timing and physical delivery. And to be able to deliver that um, through stop motion animation frame by frame 
is a phenomenal task. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. Usually I'm not a big fan of slapstick. It, to me, it's, it can be almost kind of just cheap or punny or lazy type of type of humor, um, at least with real human beings. It usually doesn't work for me. But yeah, they nailed it in this game. It's 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 the definition of just silly and, and, and ridiculous, mm -hmm. but, but somehow it works even, even as an adult, the game's aged phenomenally. Um, and yeah, it, it, to add on to what you said too, it's like they just have this one puppet in the middle of this giant piece of clay and he's totally alone. And somehow they, they really do bring it to life. Like the, the lack of yeah. ability for the character to interact with anything except for its environment, it's gotta be difficult. And they, yeah, they just nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the animation is really smooth. It's like every movement has so much character to it. Um, just and like I said about the slapstick humor, a lot of it is kind of a fairly, um, slightly more slapstick than Looney Tunes humor. But I would probably put that as sort of my closest comparison. Uh, there's one moment that cracks me up a lot more than I ever really should, and it, it feels wrong to have to explain it in words because this is going to really not sound all that funny compared to just watching it. <laughs> but there's a part where um, there is a little bit of life on this um, planet or this rock or, you know, hum I, I think it's probably even just literally a mound of clay floating in space, uh, even in their world. And um, and there's this one monster you encounter early on in the game, uh -huh. and yes. uh, Clavin's running away from him, and he gets to uh, he tries to hide in a building <laughs> to get away from it, and he he <laughs> flings the door open, like does that whole like uh, Looney Tunes style like um, run through the door, but he misses and slams into the wall next to the door, and then he dazes himself. The monster's uh, gating on him, so he grabs the door, slams it shut, then runs into the door. And I, 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 like I said, I can't really describe why it's funny, because it shouldn't really be funny, because it doesn't really make like, a lot of sense. But just like the comedic delivery and the timing just nails it. And I just, I watched that and I actually, I, I laugh. It's just, it, it's really, it's a really funny moment. I, I'm so glad you said that. That's my absolute favorite moment in that game. And, and for the last uh, 20 plus years, I, I've never once seen that scene and successfully <laughs> not laughed. Like, I, I laugh every single time that, that kind of schoolgirl scream he gives in between <laughs> yeah. you know he, he runs into the wall and he gets up and he, he kind of he does this real f like kind of feminine thing with his legs like a real damsel in distress and just screams really high pitch and yes like, then reshuts the door and slams into it I, it, like you said <laughs> when you break it down and analyze it it, it it shouldn't be anything to talk it's just ridiculous but somehow it just it works the, the facial expressions everything I, yeah <laughs> i'm so yeah. glad you said that it's the best part of the game and just yeah and it's just they keep the humor, um, again, if, I feel like this is one of those games where the more I talk about the humor, the less people are going to find it funny when they actually watch it. But just the little... It's so visual. Is yeah. The thing. And there's this uh, another moment that kind of like always makes me chuckle is um, later on. Actually, probably doesn't even have to be later on because you uh, collect throughout the game these little... Um, I guess they're kind of like the clay version of data discs that you put into a little video player. So you can watch it, some of the segments as early as you start gathering them. Um, so this is probably the first time you ever encounter any dialogue. In fact, I don't think of any other dialogue in the game until the very climactic scene. But you, know, you start watching this, which is a recorded history or uh, a narrator explaining the history of the, of the neverhood of the, of the world and um, 
which again is already cool just for like that little bit of lore. But uh, uh, <laughs> this one little moment that makes me chuckle because he um, he talks about the uh, uh, how he's going to describe to you the closing of the third age, and he holds up two fingers. And as soon as he's, <laughs> and then as soon as he says th- uh, third age, he looks to his hand, realizes he's holding up two fingers, so he puts one down. <laughs> Right, yeah, it makes it one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, just the the expressions on that uh, the characters that name I think is Willie Trombone. That's right. And his voice his voice acting is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just a perfect fit for the character. But the the expressions on his face during that that scene where he tells you the story of of the neverhood. It, it's all it, it's just really professional. Like it's really top quality. I don't know how they made something so basic so funny. Um, and that's the other, to your point about the true dialogue coming pretty kind of late in the game. It, you, you actually spend a decent amount of time in the neighborhood without knowing what the fuck you're doing there. And mm-hmm. and what's interesting about that is that I didn't realize that until looking back on the game. Like it, it's not a problem for me playing it. It never bothered me. You, you're just kind of so taking in this this strange clay world and every room is vastly different and each room give or take has a, has a new puzzle and you just kind of get to it and then all of a sudden you know you you meet willie trumbo and he tells you the story and, and you suddenly have a, a more true objective of what you're doing but it, the, i guess what i'm trying to say is the game you can kind of take it or leave it like it's really fun and charming the way it is um when they finally give you some backstory it's all the better but i thought that was kind of unique that this is there's not a heavy there's not a real heavy push into a plot for quite some time in that game I was thinking about that earlier too, when I was sort of uh, refreshing my memory, just watching a uh, little playthrough of it, and you no, know, that was that's bang on. It's just sort of like it's just a series of puzzles, and you just kind of progress. That's all you really do in the game is progress, um, except for like a few parts where backtracking is necessary. But otherwise, you're just trying to like you're just exploring, and you're just kind of like seeing what's going on and what does what. And I never thought about this. The first time I was playing um, the game and it's not something that I ever really would have figured out except um, I just read on Wikipedia that there was a um, uh, it was originally shown at E3 just as it was coming out and it was presented as the title The Neverhood A Curious Wad of Clay Finds His Soul and as much as uh, you know, much as it's, I have to admit that I had to have this all spelled out for me rather than figuring it out myself. It kind of made sense to go back and watch it all again and just kind of realize that, you know, it is kind of about this guy who just sort of, uh, you know, spoilers. Little twist is that as the game begins is literally the moment that you were created, and you just kind of like you're all you're doing is exploring your surroundings and exploring like how the world works and just kind of figuring things out, and the way he kind of just sort of kind of responds to things. I mean, like, yeah, you, uh, you mentioned his exaggerated reactions to um, being chased by the monster and stuff like that. But it kind of, when you think about it in the context of a little piece of clay that's been animated, that is basically soulless until the end when he finally kind of earns his soul is actually, it's kind of an interesting way to watch it. No, I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I had heard that law many years ago and kind of forgot it until you said it. And it it's what's cool about it is it takes a, a game that's that gets its humor in an unlikely place, considering the humor works in slapstick, and it makes it oddly profound. 
<laughs> like it, it, you know, take that you know with with a spoon of sugar or whatever. But but it, it does make it kind of profound because you, as you said, you come to in the the first scene of the game, you you you're just lying out, uh, spread out on the floor, and then you have consciousness. And and as the player, you kind of do what you do in life: is wander around and press buttons and fall and get back up and and you don't really ask many questions until you've got the hang of it. And then by the time you're ready to ask questions, you know, the game finally tells you, you know, the, it's basically just a search for, for meaning, you know, mm -hmm. like they say that the great human question is like, what's the meaning of life? And that's basically the, the, the neverhood story is claiming coming into consciousness and trying to find the meaning of life. And, yeah. And uh, if you see the game through, then you will. <laughs> <laughs> good, yeah. So good way to put it. Like home, fucking Homer's odyssey is. It's like a, <laughs> strangely profound um, undertone you're right now that being said about the whole slapstick comedy there is also a more subtle comedy to the game too which i find just absolutely hilarious in which the game without ever really addressing itself as a game is self-aware of itself uh, is self-aware enough to know how to troll the players and make you really aware of the game mechanics. So there's things like, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, to get one item that uh, I can't remember if the video discs are entirely crucial or not. I kind of forget. Uh, I know there is one segment of it, at least, where he does kind of give you an object through the screen. I don't know if that only works if you have all of them or not. Uh, but in order to get one of the video discs anyways, you have to walk down this corridor that's like, seriously 40 screens long when i when i watched that bit again on youtube just because i wanted to refresh my memory on that uh i thought okay well i'm going to count how many screens it takes to get to the other side and i lost count and i kind of estimated it must have been uh somewhere around 40 because you know i just sort of like okay well i lost count right. i'm in the 30s uh okay i lost count again it's probably about 35 now and you know i just kept losing count because it it, it took so long to get to the end of this long corridor and but you know it would have been about forty, and the entire time you're walking down, you see this sort of like a uh, th this groove in the wall. It looks like a track, as if there's something that you could ride back to the beginning. And when you reach the end of the corridor, you see that it's just an arrow pointing to the object on the ground, and there is nothing that's going <laughs> to take you back to the beginning. You have to actually walk all the way back across Double forty back. screens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that was so well played. Like, I didn't even think about the the track, the the bait of of the track. Uh, <laughs> I, I always just thought, you know, of course you got to walk back forty more screens because the creator is a dick. <laughs> um, but th that <laughs> that whole hall of records, I I I can't speak to it with a slightly more matured brain. Uh, in you know, being older, but when I was a kid, I fucking loved that whole the whole records bit. The writing on on the walls throughout these screens was so. I remember being ridiculously funny. I just don't have the patience to go. You know, it's it's like the Old Testament. It's a fucking lot of text to take in again. Um, but yeah, the, the, that was one of the better parts of the game. And uh, yeah, I I think we were reminiscing. You had brought up uh, the. The, the the death scene or or the fact that you really can't die except for this one part that's right yeah and it's and it, what was that like a, a well there's a uh giant hole in the ground and i think it's like i think it's called a drain i think it's referred to as a drain 
<clears throat> and um, yeah, it's off to the side. So I don't think there's even any reason to ever have to go into the room if you don't need to. So it's just a room entirely, just so you see this giant hole in the ground. And there's three signs that uh, says danger. Do not jump in the drain. You will die. And so <laughs> if you click on it, that is the only way you can die after you've been thoroughly warned that you're going to die. And if you <laughs> click on it, uh, you see Clayman uh, do a little, uh, do a little, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a diving board jump into this hole. And then it cuts to the bottom of the world from which you fall out into space. Right. And Clayman gives one of the, one of the most grandiose cartoons screams you'll ever hear when he's falling. Uh, I, so like hats off to the the vocal guy on that. He was committed. <laughs> yeah, they, they the the crazy game definitely had a lot of fun with the the gamer mentality. I guess would be the better way to say it. Like knowing knowing our, our, how easy it is to bait us into things and uh, have a have a, a laugh at yourself. Like the um the the burp uh, when oh, you yes. eat the fruit. And that's, you know, you counted the screens. Uh, so, all right, I'll back up real quickly. So, yeah, if you t uh, you could take a piece of fruit off of this bush tree shrubbery thing and you eat it and he lets off just a tiny little burp. And then if you decide to click on it again, because, you know, there was an interaction but nothing really happened, then he just burps for a little bit longer. And then, uh, is it the third time? Yeah, it's the third time. Yeah, and the third time he burps for... At least an actual minute, <laughs> probably something like that, like a really an extended period of time. Yeah, an uncomfortable <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> That's I, I don't definitely say. a better way to like, say like, it. Yes, it's it's like so long that like it, it goes through stages where like it's funny and then it's it's not and then it kind of is and then it's really not and then it, it's kind of funny and it stops. I, I thought my computer uh. <laughs> jammed at that moment actually when I first did that uh, because it, it, it kind of understood the psychology of that particular joke you eat it you burp and it's like haha uh, I, I don't know why I clicked on it again but I did and you burp just a little bit longer just enough not for me to say oh that was definitely longer but just sort of like was that a little bit longer like it, it felt a little bit shorter last time and that just kind of prompts me to click it again in which case it just goes on and like i said i thought my computer jammed and i was like what do i need to reboot this or something but no that's just that's the joke it's just the uh it's like it goes from like a split second to like three quarters of a second to like pretty much a full minute yeah it's it's amazing and, and of course you know that he's got that uh kind of barney rubble simpsons that like his mouth is doing that barney rubble <laughs> wavy circle sort of thing just again just nailed the animation but um yeah two, two i guess two other things i, I have to mention um bef uh, before we get too close to the end is is uh well i i guess backing up one quick I would I like animate uh claymation stop motion because there's something kind of eerie about it even when it's not trying to be creepy it, it I don't want to say creepy just it, it blurs this line of reality because it's technically you know real claimant's an actual puppet these are just photographs but then you see it animated and and it's just it gives you just a, a strange feeling it's in between you know uh, fantasy and reality sort of vibe uh, and I thought they took really cool advantage of what I'm trying to describe in how Clayman goes from scene, um, from building to building, where it's a first person perspective of him walking through Neverland. Mm -hmm. 
and I just, I just thought that was so cool. I mean, it's not like a, uh, I mean, it is a, I guess more of a, a foundation in the game because and so it's how you get places, but like, <laughs> it's just really cool. You know, you feel like you're in this little clay set. You feel like you're in Neverhood when, when you're walking first person because of that photograph quality to it. But anyway, I just, I just thought that was really cool how they tracked the camera through the, the town that they made. Um, you know, doing a little photographs for a second um, to give you perspective of like what, what Clayman sees as he's walking through the town. I don't, to me, it seems silly like a, or a small detail, but it really brings the whole neighborhood place to life that much more because it's like, oh, cool, this is, I'm in the neighborhood now. Um, so I thought that was mm. cool. But it, no, it's cool. I like how much, like from the very first puzzle, the very the game starts out where again you're, you're laid out on your back, you, you come into consciousness, you get up, um, and, and the first thing you have to do is, is find a way out of the room you're in. Um, and, and to do so, it's basically the, the visuals is just an empty room um, with a door and a giant uh, kind of cartoonishly shaped uh mallet or hammer uh, above the door and and then there's one big, big button so you know obviously everybody loves big red buttons so you go and press the button and and the hammer slams the door and kind of dents it and you long story short you press it two or three times the hammer finally breaks the door and, and that's it so the story isn't going anywhere but my point was it, the game <laughs> you thought there was a moral the game there kind of is the game <laughs> the game is, is i think it's kind of teaching you right off the bat that you have to interact with the environment you know like that uh when we talked about enclosure we mentioned that having to talk to a character five times is way over the line <laughs> <laughs> like way too much yeah. to get somewhere and, and i think the neighborhood's like hey you might have to do things more than once but we're reasonable and it, and it, you know it's a long story short it kind of just teaches you to to just fuck around with the environment until until it works and if you get stuck go back and play with the environment some more so the soundtrack we got we got to cover that because I, I think it is possibly well it's definitely uh, my personal favorite gaming soundtrack or score ever by kind of by far. Um, it's done definitely by Terry up there Scott for sure. Taylor. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off as you're saying giving credit to the guy who actually made it, but uh, no, I, I fully agree. <laughs> it's definitely I, I I definitely see the argument for being one of the best. Uh, I'm not sure how I'd rank it because that's one of the few things I haven't really ranked in my head is uh, video game scores, but definitely, definitely deserves to be up there, like at least top five. Uh, it's a fantastic soundtrack, and that's pretty much all I can really contribute to this conversation. So you go ahead. <laughs> that was a lovely, lovely cameo appearance by you, though. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's true, too. I've never actually really thought about where it would settle in a ranking but but as far as a personal favorite it's just so ridiculous and it works um like uh, it's done by terry scott taylor um uh, the original name of the soundtrack was called imaginarium and i know you can get it on amazon for a downloadable mp3 if you have amazon music it's free to stream i just checked it out before recording so i wanted <laughs> to uh download it again um but anyway it's really cool and it, it's quite a loud uh uh not loud uh busy soundtrack or score for for a game or, or this type of medium but it's 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 supposed to be and it can be uh, and and it's awesome because you know the neighborhood is because of its lack of dialogue the music is is almost like a character in itself mm -hmm. um I, i've 
I've mentioned to you before, Rick, that I, I love Blade Runner's score so much because to me it's like one of the characters in the film, and and that's why it's amazing. And it does the same thing in that in that it's its own character in the game because you know you, you're claiming who's just like alone in this world, and there's almost no dialogue, so the soundtrack has to be spot on. And it was just cool that the creators knew there was a little more room for personality than usual yes. in a game. Um, and, and and they just went with it. And it, it's cool because it, it, it's kind of a timeless soundtrack. Like sometimes it sounds like just bizarre early text, uh, text Avery kind of things or like, uh, like pulp era, uh, comic music. Like it, it's just this mixture. And then sometimes it's jazz, there's banjos. It's just all over the place. And it just works like it, it's really catchy it, it's mm. one of the few soundtracks i i've listened to what well, would listen to have, <laughs> like out, out outside, outside the game you know? yeah it, it definitely um is huge in establishing the personality of the game that's for sure i i don't think a lot of the humor would quite land without it uh it, it's phenomenal how much the the music just sort of it feels it it becomes it's so much of the personality of the place it feels natural like it feels like that is the music of that place like it, it, there's no part of you that ever finds or sorry i should say there's no part of me that ever found anything um that wasn't seamless in the music matching the game or the story or the world like that was if anything that was like a huge part of the world building was the music yeah yeah, absolutely. It almost the music almost feels like your companion throughout the gameplay because it, it without the music it would be really lonely because you know it's it's not a super bright uh it's not a very brightly lit game you're alone there's very little dialogue so the music's kind of like your buddy as you're doing the um as you're doing the puzzles and it's like surprisingly encouraging and unfatiguing to listen to which is mm -hmm. that's like you know the the ultimate uh the ultimate the best case scenario is what i'm trying to say you know that, that it can be like kind of busy and kind of fun but also not fatiguing as you sit there stuck on a puzzle and you know i never turned on the music in other words like i have in other games where it just starts <laughs> adding to your frustration when you're stuck somewhere or whatever but no it, it's really cool terry scott taylor's a really funny guy too i was watching the making of the neverhood and um he's he's like standing in this room with all the devs around him and he's wearing uh, overalls and nothing else like bare arms with overalls and holding an acoustic guitar and he's like hello kids I'm Uncle Terry and I make music and now we're gonna sit and wait for the music to come to me and he's just he's just being like really <laughs> creepy and weird with everyone like acting like this strange uh, I don't know, he put off a very rapey vibe um, I should say he was doing an acting <laughs> <laughs> so this is I'm not trying to say that Terry Scott Taylor comes off as rapey he he only does when he wants to that makes it worse <laughs> he only acts it this whole part isn't necessary at all so we'll just move on great soundtrack you should listen to it <laughs> uh, i i feel like I, i've been reading some of the reviews on this and it, it is very well reviewed and there's a lot of people who really hold it in high acclaim but uh it's funny because i went almost 10 years since it came out before i even heard of this game I totally missed the boat uh, on its uh, on it being current. Uh, when I looked up when it came out, I was actually really surprised it came out in 1996. Because I, I thought, not that a couple of years makes a huge lot of difference, but uh, I don't know, for some reason I just had more of a 98, 99 vibe from it, but it came out in 96. And yeah, I'm surprised I never really 
got around to it until the late 2000s, which, um, which I mean, that's a long time ago now, I suppose. But I, I, I wonder if, you know, you mentioned it kind of uh, didn't really come out at the right time. So, and it is a pretty overlooked and unsuccessful game financially. I, I wonder if there's a lot of inspiration that this game could have had on, especially the point and click genre, if it had been a little bit more successful and widely known and widely circulated, because there's just so much that this does well, does right, and kind of really breathed a lot of life, or it could have breathed a lot of life into the point and click genre, which a lot of people regard as having died only a couple years later. <laughs> and so I don't know. It, it makes me wonder what, uh, what, what the industry would have been like if Neverhood had a little bit more time in its, in the sun. Right. Yeah. And uh, I totally agree. Cause it, yeah, it really did breathe completely new, new life into it. Well, I'm kind of stealing your wording here by saying it, it is still just such a true and true point and click. I mean, that is literally all you do is point and click mm -hmm. things. Uh, but, but that being said, it, it still brought a lot to it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just it's a strange, it's a, just a weird kind of hidden gem. I, I'm not sure if it's got. I, I wouldn't go as far as maybe as to say cult following, but it's definitely. You know, it's it's known enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know much about cults, so I couldn't really answer that. Lies. <laughs> so before now, people with that weird just timing and pausing, they're gonna think there's something actually <laughs> going on cult wise. No. No, there isn't. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. No, this uncomfortable silence has nothing to do with the underlying truth of the cult that exists. Uh, uh, my next point I can't make because you, you, you spat some ridiculous facts towards my face previously when you said that they didn't use high-quality video cameras. Is that, that's correct. I, right? I don't know I what the right? quality was like, but I do know that they were consumer-level so they were not Consum professional yeah. cameras. That's all I can say on that. I, I don't know. Um, I, I can't comment on the quality of them because I'm not familiar with the model, but they were consumer grade. Yeah, because I was going to, one of the last things I got in my notes here was was that uh, because of, of the amount of, of FMV cutscenes, they're, they're just so good. Um, some of which we, we you know poorly tried to communicate to you earlier in the episode. Um, but they're so good. I, I I would nominate this game as like a must must remaster game. Um, like a remaster would would truly be called for. It would make a difference in this game if if not just for the cutscenes because they uh, to, to those listening. Fuck it, I hate when I say that because <laughs> that's fucking everyone. God. Um, <laughs> some people just feel the show, man. Um, but to, to those who really listen, um, fuck all. I, I, that was to myself. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Can you just tell our <laughs> listeners to fuck off? <laughs> it was to myself, I promise. I've got a temporary Tourette syndrome. It comes when I need it to and then goes away again. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Oh, right. They should do a remaster. I want to see them scenes clear. Oh, to those listening. So to picture the, the game... Or the cutscenes, if you haven't seen them before, they really they look just like like FMV. They look just like a same video quality. What I'm trying to say is, as you know, Fantas or, or or Gabriel Knight Two, whatever. So there's just there's like this weird kind of glassy look over it um, that I would love to see it cleaned up. Mm -hmm. But you know, 
I would imagine a consumer grade camcorder in 1994 or five or whatever they made made the game, much less you know released it in 96. But I can't imagine that was the greatest quality. No. I mean, mid 90s camcorders were like, went to, we were still on like the giant ones with the VHS. Possibly. Tape um, and again, like I, I um, and again, just to clarify, <clears throat> sorry. And just to clarify, it's uh. By asking for a remaster, we're not saying that you need to remake the game. We just want it a little cleaned up so we can see the clay uh, in a higher definition. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just there's so many cutscenes and God, you know, at, at 15 photographs a second, uh, how much time these guys put into it? It'd be really cool to just see it un- uncompressed, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I guess my closing thought on this, and I'll leave the last word to you, but the, uh, my closing thought is uh, there's a lot of great things to humor the animation, the style, the world, the the music, of course. Uh, everything is so great, but if we haven't sold you on it yet, just trust me, you want to play this game because late in the game, there's a um, claymation battle scene between a robot and a giant monster, and it's amazing. And that's worth it alone, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, it's like some Bronze Age cinema, too. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've I kind of got nothing else to say. I, I mean, uh, one thing notable is my my four year old loves this game. I've got Scum VM on his uh on his tablet thingy, um, and and in there is just just Day of the Tentacle and Neverhood, uh, both of which he likes. But he just loves Neverhood because you you know you can sp- spend a lot of time in a room just pressing things, and I think it's phenomenal that he he and I are on the exact same level with this game at four years old and 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> both sit there giggling like idiots. Well, me like an idiot, him appropriately <laughs> for his age. Uh, so what I'm saying is that it, there's a, a wide spectrum that this game works with, um, maturity-wise and, and even motor skills-wise, uh, whatever. <clears throat> but... um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, if you can find a copy, you know, the boxes are pretty expensive, as most boxes are, but you can usually find just the jewel case, just the CD uh, for pretty cheap. I, I've seen it for like four ninety nine or whatever on eBay. Um, and if you do get a copy uh, of it, uh, it plays no, when's, beautifully when's, in Wait, scum. hang on. When, when's the last time you looked for that? Many years ago, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not the same. No. No. It, it's slightly well, hope- more affordable, but they're still asking for a lot. People don't know what things are supposed to be priced these days. And they're like, Neverhood? Yeah. People like Neverhood? I have the disc and it's all scratched up. $80 because I see right. a boxed version is 100 So and, and no, I will not put it in my computer to see if it works before I send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm even then, dick. like, even 100 is a very um, conservative estimate. I think that's when I first started looking at them, they were about 100 I think now I've seen like, I've seen like 500 or something like that. People are asking for it. It's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Well, that being said, if, if you can get your hands on it, it plays beautifully in Scum VM. So at least, you know, once you find it uh, and, and get it, you can play it nice and easily, including uh, on a tablet, apparently. Works good. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, that is Paul's favorite game of all time, The Neverhood. Yes. Uh, maybe an asterisk mark there, because I've got like of eight of them. Of all time. Of all time.